She is completely <laughs> being alone. No, she's just an introvert. And she's like, she's okay with like not having to be entertained all the time. <laughs> Did she read that book, Quiet? I need not quiet? be entertained. No. A Quiet Place? <laughs> no, the book Quiet. No. I think she's reading... Um, There's such a good book on introversion. I learned so much. Did she did she read the book I Kissed Dating Goodbye? No. Okay. I think she's reading an Ayn Rand book right now, actually. Um, Atlas Shrugged. Atlas. You know, she finished Atlas oh, Shrugged. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's a good go book. Top of my head. That is a good book. Very good, thanks. It was huge in the 60s. Here we are again. Sorry, world. Always rolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, folks, we're always rolling. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're back. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're going to start here. This is the Everything Matters podcast, uh, which exists to provide a biblical worldview from a traditionally Reformed perspective on all things related to the local church. As always, we have uh, Blake LaGrange here. um, Drew Gilmore. Drew Drew Gilmore. And John Rourke. John Rourke. And um, we've had a a blast doing these. Just so much fun. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to put this on. No, No, it's been good. And we talked a little bit about a serious episode last uh, week, which hopefully was helpful. But we're kind of going to get back into um, more of kind of a lightning round kind of deal, but yeah, uh, which I think goes well. Um, these are kind of things that I mean, we're, we're going to title this "Should Christians Have" or "Should Christians Do" or "Should Christian Like this whole sh- Christians should or Should've Christians shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. And I think. What we're going to do is, I've got a list of things here. Some of you guys, not some of you guys, all you guys know some of them. But I also have inserted some of these things. So all we're going to do is what? What's up? Nothing. I'm just ready. Okay. Let's go. John's He's ready. ready. John's ready to go. Okay. Ready. John's ready to roll. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to go around and I'm just going to throw out a topic. Should, should Christians have blah? Or should Christians have blah? Or, you know? We get it. <laughs> you get it. So it's pretty self-explanatory, and so we're just gonna lightning around these these guys. Um, show your show your true colors, all right? Let's go. Let's go this way. Counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. Keep doing that motion for our listeners, so that everybody knows which. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should Christians have start out a little bit of a serious one? Creeds in their worship service, like the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed. Should is such a strong word for this. I, f- I feel like it could, could? be helpful. Could they? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I. I don't see it. It being like they should not, or they should. Okay. So I don't. I don't have a strong opinion on that. If no you can, if you consider that part of the way that you instruct one another and edify one another, yeah, and uh, remind yourself that these are truths that have existed <clears throat> and have been attested to by the Christian Church ever since. Pentecost, yeah. almost. Then I think you—it's uh, valuable to be reminded of that, and I don't see how it is in any way detrimental to a yeah. worship service sure. to include them. Not at all. Yeah, they don't replace Scripture. We have Scripture. We have Scripture, but they are the uh, early church effort to take large topics and subjects and distill them down into something easy to remember and communicate to others. And so I think they're incredibly valuable that way. Sure, yeah. totally. I would agree with with what John said. Great for kids. We'll be doing one on Sunday, by the way. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're doing so one at our the Apostles' Creed is going to be uh, part of the order of service, and oh, cool. with this one thing, I would say maybe I don't know if it's helpful or not if people are listening to this, but if you look at the originals, sometimes the original translations might use words like Holy Ghost, which 
right? Isn't in or, our, or the the vernacular. Catholic Church as opposed to the universal or yeah. Jesus descending into hell, right? Right. So I think what as, do you mean by hell? Yeah, yeah. So you just sort of the the more modern translations of it are helpful, and we'll be using one of those. That's oh, great. That's, that's cool. I'm a sucker for that stuff because um, I'm a sucker for church history. But yeah, should <laughs> should Christians have any interest in the four blood moons? <laughs> I don't really know a lot about this, actually. Is that still a thing? Oh, yeah. If it's still out there, then I say no. If it's gone, thank goodness. I saw there's a blood moon relatively recently, maybe like within a year. Do they mean And anything? a lot of people were freaking out, and I don't know why. I think we can just like entirely throw out any significance there. What's with the four? Is it, is that, a, is that a thing from... What's the significance of there being four blood moons? I don't know. Do any of us know? No. Well, we don't need to get into it. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. Interesting. Which leads me to the next one, which is, should Christians watch or read the Left Behind series? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I read the first three and gave up. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good for you. I was probably 14. That's three more than I read. There was a lot of them. I think there are what? It would have been cool. If, How yeah. many times is the rapture supposed to happen? <laughs> What what eschatology is that? Be amazed at how many. Like, well, if nobody does know what it is, right? Hundreds. These are a series of books written by Jenkins yeah. and LaHaye that yeah. were meant to take the events of Revelation and sort of uh, imagine what those might look like. Right. Yeah, were they to happen? Kind of simulate in the it somewhat near future. Yeah, but it also like involves like some romance. It's kind of, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's very much a book. It's a it's a, a it's novel. A, it's very a, much novel. a novel. Um, I didn't really know much about. Anytime, anytime you take scripture and you add a bunch of mythological elements to it right. and, you, and you add a bunch of speculation, then I think you confuse people because they sure. go back to yeah. those those texts in the scriptures right. and they can't help but interpret, interpret it, yeah. you know, in, into it that, and so... Important. They're picturing a buck no. or whatever the main character from Left Behind was, like, in scripture. <laughs> this, like, American, like, 42-year-old guy. <laughs> so that might be a, that might like be a little fighting confusing. fighting this, like, Russian antichrist <laughs> from the Cold War. <laughs> I think he's a Romanian in the book, actually. Nikolai Carpathia is his name. Good memory, I can't believe dude. I remembered that. You just said you haven't read any of the books. Oh, I'm starting to doubt you. I haven't. What you I find you fun- pulled that out of nowhere. So Nikolai Carpathia. James Carpathia. <laughs> That's a great middle name. James Carpathia LaHaye. Oh, my God. LaGrange. What I find funny is that evidently all of the pilots were Christians because all the planes went down. In that, in that oh, because oh, so yeah. they're, they're raptured away and they the plane goes away. down. Every bus driver. So when I was a kid, um, you know, way back, you guys wouldn't, you know, possibly remember even, this era, this, yeah, this epoch of history. What that would be. This is like USSR. But so we grew up <laughs> this is watching watching this movie that was made, I think, in the 1977 mm-hmm. or something Lake, Great like Planet that. Earth? No, that that was a book. Um, Dang it! <laughs> th- this was a movie, and uh, it it was. <clears throat> based on the rapture and end times. And it was this really um, kind of low-budget, creepy film that all the Christian kids watched. Was it Thief in the Night? Pardon? Was it Thief in the Night? Yeah, maybe it was. I I was just trying to remember the name. But but here's what I remember about it. All I remember is this. And and if if you're listening to this and you've seen the movie, you might relate. There's a scene where the rapture occurs, and I think the guy's wife comes into the bathroom, and his electric razor that was plugged (laughs) into the wall is buzzing in the bottom of the sink. It's like creeping around, buzzing in the sink, and he's gone. (laughs) Yeah, really creepy. That's That's all I remember. That is... 
We should watch that. Do a Why is it always the Christians who do like low budget movies? You know? Good question. Shouldn't we be excellent at everything we do? Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Next um question. uh should Christians um homeschool their children? Man. Putting the should in front of all these is just it, so it makes, fascinating. It forces you into this box that that is hard to to get out of. I mean, I I, I don't I don't have kids, so I don't right. can't speak to any kind of personal experience. But from what I've heard, it can be incredibly valuable. Well, the reason why I bring it up is because it seems like there seems to be a lot of opinions about this as, yeah. as a Christian. You know, um, I I I with the with the knowledge I have today, I I plan on doing that. Yeah, I think it's incredibly helpful for worldview shaping and sure so john has more experience than i do yeah john's got kids well scripture just says it's more about how you educate your kids not where you educate your kids right so if you are not educating your children at home (laughs) then you are not living up to the standard (laughs) that's right that the bible sets for you as a parent so every parent every christian parent home educates sure in one way or another, and education is part of that yeah. three-legged stool we talk about. You got the yeah. home, the church, and the school, right. and and that can be in a home environment, a, a school environment. Uh, but at the end of the day, again, it's it's how you educate your child in the nurture and admonition right. of the Lord, not not where you educate. Right. Them. So that is definitely within the realm of personal preference. Sure. And everybody's situation is a little bit different. Yeah. And you every kid's different too. To, man. Yes, children are different. Yeah, situations yeah, true, are different, you know? and it's a yeah. matter of conscience. Sure. I did all three. I did private school, public school, and homeschool. And I and benefited from, you from all up. three. What's that? I said, look, look where, where you ended up. Yeah. You benefit from all three. That's interesting. Oh, totally. Really? That's private cool. school, growing up to um, it really um, helping form my Christian worldview as a kid. Hmm. And um, public school, later on in high school, to challenge my beliefs in the world make a street smart and homeschools because it was the best way for me to get out of high school as soon as possible <laughs> seriously yeah. i was able to go there's to an efficiency there for sure should christians baptize um like in a pool at somebody's house or in the actual church building <laughs> i was not ready for that Were there are debates ready? around this um i my <sighs> I was baptized in the ocean. Not my, allowed. My wife was also <laughs> baptized in the ocean. I was too. Me, biggest, me and my biggest wife were as well. Pacific Ocean, biggest body of water in the world, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> no excuse for not immersing. I don't know. No I, excuse I, for no, no excuse immersion. not immersing. <laughs> yeah, immersing. Yeah, immersing. What's the word? Immerse. Immer- immerse, immerse in the biggest immerse. body of water this world has to offer. Um, <laughs> if grace is an ocean. I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not clued into this. Well, I, I think the I, argument is like because it's a local church like ordinance, therefore it should happen in a worship service. It's interesting to hear some people talk about you know, it being argument. almost like an evangelistic thing. Like, like we're doing it, it out in public, therefore like there's like some random kid boogie boarding across across from you while you're getting baptized and he's like, What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> I want to be a Christian now. What's different about you? You know? <laughs> Um, so I don't know. John, what do you yeah, think? Is it like an evangelistic event or is it supposed to happen in the local church? You know, Again, this is not a matter of the specifically the methodology as much as it is the testimony. Mm-hmm. And if you go back into what evidently the early church used this ordinance to mm-hmm. prove or to demonstrate, it was for a person to profess their faith in Christ. Right. Uh, and that was not to 
a watching world primarily. It was to the church primarily. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you're in a church building or yeah. not, I think is secondary to who is the audience. Yes, yeah, right. I believe the audience, yeah. which is what you touched on, Drew, primarily be the, the local church. church with the opportunity to invite unbelievers to uh, witness it and, to, and the public to witness sure, it. Right, yeah. to participate in, in viewing what's happening. Because if you believe that baptism is part of one's public profession of faith and association with a local church, then that public profession is what people will therefore hold you accountable to. I saw you got baptized. As they... When you were, whatever, 17 years old. Uh, yeah, yeah it, they, they would say this they is... stick with that. Therefore, yeah. you know, you claim to be a follower of Jesus, right. and we're going to hold you accountable to that. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I, I was on, like, what you brought up, Drew, is I was on the fence of, like, or the camp of, like, no, this is something that's, like, we celebrate openly, and it's for unbelievers to look at. And sure. after digging through this quite a bit, um, being a Baptist, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm more like no this is for the local church it's it's to encourage the church mm-hmm. and and hold the church that the church holds that person accountable. That's an interesting topic. I think we can riff raff on that for a while but we probably could at another time too. Should week. yeah, next week. <laughs> should Christians recycle? <laughs> <laughs> if you're in San Francisco, yeah, Don't you have to. Don't care. Don't care. I, I think well, I don't know. It's more than just like this surface level thing. I think there are a lot of Christians who think that it's their God-given duty to like take care, preserve this earth. Therefore, you got to compost and recycle, you know. And oh, then there's right. the then there's the Christian thought of, well, this earth's going to burn, and we're going to create a new one. So why, you know? That is interesting. That's yeah, really that's the heart true. of the question. Mm. Which camp are you in? I I just recycle because I have a blue bin and a gray bin. <laughs> and if don't I, give it much or, thought. And if I were to put it all into one, it would. I don't know. I, I haven't put much thought into it, not in the sense of, like, I feel convicted to or don't There are do. two instructions in the Bible with respect to creation. Mm-hmm. One is dominion, mm-hmm. and one is stewardship. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Old Testament law, you weren't even supposed to abuse your animals. You weren't supposed to use your field except for, uh, or you have to let your field go fallow once every seven years. I mean, there were Sabbaths built in, so there was definitely a care for what God has created and appreciation for what he has done. Dominion over it means that it's there to be used. The resources are there to be used. You don't worship the earth. You don't worship what was created. You worship the creator. And Mm -hmm. so I would say that you just have to exercise both of those together Mm -hmm. with wisdom And there's no excuse to just pollute, if you will, the world any more than you would want to like throw trash in your own backyard. Right. So I mean, be careful, be a steward of this beautiful planet we've been given, but understand that it's going to be restored one day. And this is not the new earth. Right. And, and it and, won't be because of your recycling. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, not gonna yeah. Usher we're not, in we're the not going to. We, we don't have any stake in <laughs> that. Yeah. We're not going to yeah, help God along with that. Right. I, the, the reason why I think I bring this up, it was I, I got coffee this morning in Encinitas, which is a pretty like um, recycle new agey, recycle friendly, you know, vegan. So friendly. did I. I met you there. In not fact. a plus. Yeah. Unexpectedly, you yeah, came I ran up to into me you, when I was, uh, I was meeting somebody else. And Thanks for the invite, guys. Hey, you were at work, dude. Okay. We don't work. You that realize was, that? That's, a job. that's true. I forgot. <laughs> but what's I was, funny? I was working. <laughs> I was taking my my like tea. Uh, can, what is it? Can cup cup. 
<laughs> my paper, it's whatever. Thing you drink out of. What, uh, to go, I was taking it and I was passing. I can't believe this happened today. I didn't realize we were going to talk about this. I was passing somebody and there was a like a trash can where it's like recycle here and trash here. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was throwing something away, a woman was walking by me, like classic Encinitas, Lululemon, like it might as well have had a dog in, a, in their purse, you know, like, and yeah. I throw it away in the trash and I literally hear her scoff. Oh, wow. And I realized. We want to oh, apologize yeah. to all residents of Encinitas who do not wear Lululemon and carry a dog in their purse. <laughs> Nothing yeah. wrong with Lululemons or dogs. See, I'm the guy at work who like, I go to the coffee machine and it has a little sign saying like, hey, if you use one paper cup every day, then here's how many like trees you're burning down. And I use like 10 cups a day. <laughs> like it just, it, it. You don't give any thought to it. I, it. No, I don't I, know. Yeah. It just, it's just, it doesn't phase me. Yeah, I just I couldn't know. believe I got a scoff out of that. Um, I wish I could have been there to see that. That would be kind of cool. Um, should Christians skip church to watch the big game on Sunday? <laughs> for for means of fellowship, to reach out to your neighbors. The big game. I love how your limited sports knowledge like forces you to say, to say the, the big the game. Big game. <laughs> My answer is going to be no. Ever? I can't think. No, I can't think of a. I can't think of a big game that would be like, "Hey, let's like invite skip your worship." Let's invite your neighbors. It's it's an evangelistic opportunity. Let's let's forsake fellowshipping so that we can do, do that. I would say fellowship another other, day. I would say fellowship with other believers on Sunday morning probably takes priority <laughs> over you. Like, what do you think, John? Grilling up links with the neighbor. What kind of Canadian sports are there that you would skip <laughs> church for? It doesn't matter what the sport is. I do think it's a matter of priorities and. I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor of a church. I do think you need to... You're a little biased. But I am a little biased, perhaps, but I do think that you need to make that decision. Right. And you also have to remember, in any situation, and I even prayed for people on Sunday during my pastoral prayer, mm. I, went, I prayed specifically for people who do struggle with making church a priority, who mm. seem to find yeah. an excuse no matter what. Like, they're just... Church is just not that important. Right. And... Yeah. I, I pray for those people because I believe that by depriving yourself of that fellowship, you are um, depriving yourself of a means of grace yeah. that, that God has created for yeah. you to enjoy. And when you do that, there are spiritual health consequences. So yes, I, there I, are. I don't think there's any totally. good if reason you... to to choose not to be in fellowship on the Lord's Day because of some other event that has taken priority of that nature. Not to mention the, the Sundays where we take the Lord's Supper. Like, man, you're missing out on an incredible grace in your life. You're not taking the Lord's, Lord's Supper to watch go, the to Vikings go. get crushed. <laughs> it's funny. There's there's been there's some churches where they I've, I remember They'll talking throw to Super Bowl parties. Oh, I remember talking to someone. And they said, "Yeah, this is a total football church." Like when when the Chargers would have a 10 a.m. game. Rest in peace. Yeah. People wouldn't show up. Right. Like it. Like. Attendance will be way down because people right. are like, all right, yeah, no, nope, got to get the grill fired up, you know, got to get the baked beans on the gotta skillet smoke or whatever. The, uh, smoke the brisket. and uh, I feel like our church isn't really like that. No, I think by God's grace, He's compiled some believers that are kind of a sports, like a. But there are times off, when you're sport. when you're out of town. I mean, for example, we had a really really low turnout this last Sunday because everybody goes camping because a lot of people were out of town. And or, I, and I or think when you're when you're traveling or you're doing you're camping, you're doing something. Memorial Day, yeah. Consider that to be the same thing. But if you're, you know, it's purely a choice to not go because of 
right. something like a game. And I don't want to pick on football or whatever yeah. the big game you had in mind, Blake, with all the other <laughs> I had zero Whatever the big game is. Sport. What happens on those days? Luckily, the Super Bowl's at three, so it kind of works No out. excuse, yeah. I've got – I'm going to I'm gonna narrow these down to uh, – let's see. One, two, three. Do you want to do three or four more? Three. Three. Well, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> and four it is. Um, let's do... Uh, okay. Let's do... Uh, should Christians retire? Should Christians retire? John's like, take that, Drew. Um, I feel like... I feel like you kind of like... I mean, depending on what you do, <laughs> you kind of you have to retire. I mean, we, here in San Diego, <laughs> our... I think it's safe to say our idol that we may worship is leisure and retirement yeah so i think it would be helpful to address that i don't know there's people who retire quote unquote from their career yeah you have to ask the question then, what do you mean by retire? and then they just go they just go huge on ministry right and it's awesome right you know and so i don't know i I would rephrase the question to say, is it appropriate for Christians to position themselves in such a way that they can spend the rest of their years on earth doing nothing but satisfying their own selfish desires? Yeah. Answer, no. Right. No. They should not be doing Picking that. Picking up seashells on the beach. But yeah. if, if, if by nature of your employment, you're a superior court judge, and uh, or, or you're a... You put in your 30 years. Or you're a <laughs> firefighter. I don't want an 85-year-old firefighter coming to help me. <laughs> Yeah. So there are times where absolutely you retire, but right. against the mindset, yeah. is it so that I can fulfill all my selfish desires? If mm. so, then that's not appropriate at any age. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I totally agree with you guys. I'm, I think you have to ask the question, what do you be in my retirement? And also, um, what's your, what's your motivation for that? I'm, I'm trying to retire like very soon. <laughs> Um, yeah, dare I say, try to retire soon so that you can have so more I can do free time though. to disciple yeah. your family and be engaged in ministry. I think I think retirement you hear, you know, it's so I can sit back and enjoy now, as opposed to I can be freed up to serve the local body or whatever that means, you know. Yeah. Okay, I got two more. Should Christians have tattoos? <laughs> cricket, I think it's cricket. I think it's fine. But what about the Leviticus passage where? You're not oh. supposed to. I thought this was unbiblical, but not unimportant. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> instantly pulls the Bible verse instantly out. Pulls, yeah. You mean Christian? It's funny. Tattoos. I've heard. It's yeah, funny. Christian I've tattoos. heard. Um, I've heard somebody riff on that passage before. I think it was. I mean, one hundred percent of the time, it's pulled out of context. But, but, I, I don't. Know, I still think it's fine. The context of that passage is. Marking your body as part of pagan worship practices. Yeah, right. It was closely linked to idolatry. Right. And and so in the Levitical code of purity and separation, the people of Israel were told not to do that, along with not burning your children, along with not <laughs> eating, Should drinking Christians blood, along with not boiling goats in milk. I mean, in we their own goat milk. are missing out. Don't do a lot of that stuff yeah, because we don't sure. understand why that would be attractive. Well, yeah. in those days, it was connected with pagan worship and idolatry. So, in that context, of course, no. In our context, I just—it's not the same. Sure. And again, yeah. it comes down to a matter of conscience and preference, and yeah, it'd be very difficult to take a Bible 
verse or even a biblical principle and attach it to that, which is why I think yeah. it is appropriately designated unbiblical. Yeah. And maybe even unimportant. <laughs> unbiblical and unimportant. I don't know. I think there's there's generations. Except when it's your own kid who comes home with one. Well, yeah. I mean, like, then well, all of a sudden it becomes look, important. Look at, I guess. That, look at all that barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> look like I got a mom. It's got a heart through it. I don't know. I well, mean, we've I, gone through a tattoo um, revolution. I mean, we have. The, yeah. the three of us sitting here have witnessed the, you know, uh, the rise of like the foot. You know, butterfly tattoo yeah, right. thing, sure. the, the barbed wire thing you mentioned. I mean, how popular was that? Sure. Um, we live to, close to Camp Pendleton. A lot of military guys get a lot of those tattoos. Well, okay. I'm thinking more about, and this is really getting off topic here. That no, was right on topic. Go not for matter. it. But I, I, what I mean is like the, the nouveau trendy tattoo thing. Mm. Like that, that is what worked its way in. Not, not the old school like Marine guy or Navy guy with his tattoos. Right. I mean, the, the, the thing that, the kind of flippant, like middle-aged people go and get, yes. and it's that—that's the th- the thing. It's like a little infinity sign. It's not rebellious yeah. anymore. Is no. Like, no. Well, I mean, I'm sitting across from you, and you've got a yeah. tattoo. Well, yeah. Describe your tattoo. Disclaimer: I have three tattoos. Um, so that's right, dude. Yeah. I forgot about all your. Tats. I have an M on my ring finger uh, because I'm married to Megan, my wife. Uh, I did get that before we were married, though. <laughs> I was pretty confident that we'd get married. <laughs> Um, if not, he was going to marry someone whose name began so with W. Be named M. We were <laughs> Wendy. engaged, Wendy. or Wendy. If I, and then I have a little cross. So we be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I have a little cross, and then the number twenty-three. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get please don't get into that. But That's but yeah, I think um, you know what? It, maybe we should link to this in the show notes. John Piper does a really good answer on this. You know, on an ask Pastor John. Hmm. Um, I think for the most part, Chris, Christians shouldn't, honestly, but. In a very rare uh, case, yeah. I, as somebody who, and I, I'm not really a tattoo guy. I just, um, interesting. I, don't know. I think there's freedom in that, but but you know, freedom, but they shouldn't. I, I don't know. I, I'd err on the side of like, why? You know, it, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why would you? I sure. don't know. I think what you said it best, John, one time is, "What's the upside of it?" You know, like, and at the same time, I honestly have no temptation to judge people who have them, right? In fact, I yeah. think in some cases, if that's really how you like to yeah. decorate yourself, then it's certainly within your bounds of Christian freedom. There's Christian liberty there, yeah. Absolutely. Especially, yeah, obviously somebody who has them, you know, I'm biased, but totally. Um, this is the last one, okay? Should Christians be cremated or buried? That's an interesting one. You and I were talking about this recently. I, I have a like. strong opinion about this. You do have a strong opinion about this. I have a very strong opinion about this. It can't be biblical. Your your com- biblically informed. Your conversation with me on this was actually well, then it doesn't made me think a lot. Conversation. <laughs> did did it change your mind? It well, it didn't about- it didn't really change my mind, but it made me think more about being buried and what it means to be buried. So yeah, I, I'm not going to say I'll be the last person to speak on this. <laughs> I'm like I I am like- the guy where. I personally want, like, throw me in, like, the cheapest box you can find and bury, bury me vertically in the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> save the real estate. Like, I just, I really don't. Do you want your head out or <laughs> head buried as well? You can bury my head. The opposite of your head in the sand. I just, I don't, I don't have much of a preference. I'm not the guy who's like, hey, like, take my ashes and scatter them in Hawaii in a, on a volcano. Like, I'm not, I don't have anything like that. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like throw me in a box and throw me in the ground because 
Little, little to no significance for Drew Gilmore. Not much significance to me. Okay. John, what do you think? I do not take a position on it, and I think in my own situation, I wouldn't even advise people strongly one way or the other in right. terms of what to do with me. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, again, I don't... I mean, I mean you're 40. A lot of the guy's 40. I, I, am, guy's 40. I am 40. I mean, I should probably be thinking about this. I, I don't really... Uh, have you thought about have, it? Have, I've thought about it only in the sense of traveled a lot, and I know that it's a cultural thing as well. And yeah. there are some places where it is absolutely unheard of to be buried. Mm. I've spent a lot of time in Hong Kong, for example, yeah, right. and um, you know, very, very uncommon these days for people to be buried. Sure. Uh, it's becoming increasingly uncommon for people, even in America, to be buried. Um, I, I, at the same time, I don't think there's any... Again, there's no doctrinal, biblical in my opinion, uh, justification for taking one view over another. And if we believe what the Bible does teach about our bodies, which is that they will be resurrected one day, mm-hmm. it is not going to give God any trouble to resurrect me from ashes well, yes. or to resurrect me from dust. Yeah, sure. Either way, yeah. I'm going to end up in roughly the same condition <laughs> no matter what, whether you're buried God or God can go from zero to burned. one with us. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why don't you I've just, got a, why don't I've got just a strong it, opinion. Why don't on just this. let it loose. I. I mean, I agree with all you guys. Um. There's obviously no biblical. All you guys. I'll tell you. <laughs> um. There's obviously no biblical prescription, but I do have a biblically informed opinion about it. Um. I. So I'm. I will be buried, like not cremated, vertically or horizontally. <laughs> horizontally, hopefully. <laughs> like I. I love it when churches used to like have their worship center and then like the graves around it. Like I, I know you guys are thinking I'm super weird. Are you going to do an open casket at your funeral? Um, I don't know. It depends how good I look. Ooh, that is, <laughs> if I'm looking good at whatever age you I die, fell sure. for the, you fell for my trip. But I'm so I'm of the opinion that I think, um, if we are to, um, if we are to follow in Christ's footsteps in every literal way or, or spiritual way, I think to to be most like Christ and be a witness to the world, I think there is something significant about teaching somebody through a a funeral or a memorial service of they are buried as and um back to that, the that, dust. that his body yeah, but to dust he goes and his body will be resurrected again. And I just I want to follow my Lord into that. Like he he was you know, put in, you know, a tomb. Uh, so maybe, maybe I should do that. Well, you got a tomb, dude. You got one of those big old rocks. And then like put the bones in, but, but he was bare. He, I mean, he wasn't cremated is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not saying therefore let's all be like Jesus, but I am saying, I, I mean, I have formed an opinion on that. If I'm, if I want to follow Christ into everything, that, that is one thing that I would love to do. And I do think that the church should bear the burden of those things. Like if, if you can't afford that, I think there are creative ways that the church can help with a memorial service. What's your take on things like George Whitfield being buried under his old pulpit? I love that. Okay. I'm such a sucker for that stuff. I know John's rolling his eyes. <laughs> John's face is awesome for, like, our, I, for I, our listeners. I love like old churches where like the old pastors are buried there. Like I'm just a sucker for that stuff. I'm getting so many like bodies stop. are um taxidermied in the in the lobby. <laughs> Or like preserved and like have beads around them. What do you think about Walt Disney being frozen? I didn't know that. All right. Well, we'll with stop that there. being said, I'm getting a lot of just like distasteful looks here. This is um. 
What do you have to say? Just, just. I've got nothing. You didn't know Walt Disney was was frozen, dude. I hate Disney. Okay. There's. Disneyland. This is the Everything Matters I'd rather podcast. go to the DMV than go to Disneyland, dude. This is the Everything Podcast. Dude, I'd rather go to the DMV. What a mic drop that was. I'd rather have a subscription to the DMV than have a subscription <laughs> like to you, the... That was like your Beatles comment that one Sunday. <laughs> Where I said from the pulpit that the Beatles were overrated. Goodness, Scrooge. Merry Christmas. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a kid soon, so we'll, he'll want to... You're like, hey, son, let's go to the DMV. Because it's better than Disneyland. Better I, said than it on Disneyland. A, I said it on a podcast once. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the Lord will change my heart when it comes to Disneyland. This is the Everything Matters. <laughs> Evidently, it's the Everything Matters podcast, which exists to provide a biblical worldview from a traditionally reformed perspective on all things related to the local church. Um, we'll see you guys uh, next time.